Hey, it's Bill Simmons. The Ringer Podcast Network has baseball fans covered with the Ringer MLB show playing exclusively on the TuneIn app for the month of April. Plus, we're giving listeners a free 30-day trial of TuneIn Premium where you can hear every live home call from every MLB game. Go to TuneIn.com slash Ringer and subscribe to TuneIn Premium today. Download the TuneIn app and start listening today. TuneIn, your everything audio app. Today's episode of the BS Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. That is our presenting sponsor since 1980. Find the best tickets for sporting events, music, wrestling, opera, you name it. What better way to grab bargain tickets for NHL and NBA teams that are already out of the running? I have SeatGeek on my phone. It's by far the easiest way to shop for the best tickets thanks to their revolutionary grading system. Buy and sell tickets with just two taps on your phone. Everything fully guaranteed. Try it out. Download the SeatGeek app today or go right to SeatGeek. Dot com. We are also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, which had an awesome week. Not only did we have uh, a bunch of Ringer NFL show episodes, including GM Street, our new podcast with Mike Lombardi, but on the Mass Man Show, we are celebrating WrestleMania, which is this weekend, with a slew of WrestleMania-based podcasts hosted by David Shoemaker. And guess what? I'm on that podcast the last one, I think on Friday, which is the same day you're listening to this, you get to hear me talk about the history of WrestleMania and all that stuff. Check that out. The Mass Man Show and the Ringer NFL Show. And also uh, on Ringer University, teed up, breaking down the uh, Final Four, which our guest for today never played in the Final Four, but he did play in the NBA Finals. And it's looking like he might play in another one again. Kevin Durant coming up in one second, but first, Pearl Jam. <laughs> Undisclosed location in the Bay Area on a Thursday night that may or may not be Kevin Durant's basement. The last time we did this, Kevin Durant was 100% healthy and was on his way to play Oklahoma City. Yeah. And now you've you've played them once. You went the other time. You hurt your leg. Yeah. Your leg's getting better. It was scary. It looked like you were going to be out for the year. Yep. Go through the, go through what happened when that happened. Zaza falls into you. What are you thinking? Oh uh, well, I heard a crack, um, and it was something I, that I never felt before. I never heard before, so I was a little nervous. I didn't know what was going on. So crack it, like like a crunch. Oh, like a ooh. Okay. Yeah, and um, so I tried to run it off, like I do everything, and I knew I was out of it when I could. Like I lost all you know, focus on anything. I was just worried about my leg. You know, I ran down, eight, I left my man open for a three. Like, I, my my mind wasn't nowhere near a basketball game. Right. So I knew I had to come out the game then. And, expect, you know, two minutes into the game, I'm at home. I had 70 people at the game. How much money I spent on tickets? A lot of money. Yeah, like tw- well, that 10, was that in Washington? Yeah, like yeah. $10,000, close to $10,000 on tickets. Oh, man, you- more than that. Number. More than that. Yeah. So I spent a lot of money on tickets, and I'm, you know, going back home for the first time in months, you know, and to get hurt two minutes in and not even see my family because I went straight to the hospital afterwards. So the buzz immediately was, he's really hurt. This could be it. He's out for the year. Yeah. And that starts going on social media. What did you think was going on? Um. Well, the first we first diagnosis we got was that I um, broke my leg. 
uh, fractured my tibia. And that's for five-month uh, recovery. So when you hear that, are you like, how many months is that? Five months. But did you ask that? Because like, if I fractured my tibia, I wouldn't know what that meant for a well, comeback. Well, he told me. That was what oh, he okay. told me. Four, five, four to five months. And I just burst out crying. And I'm like, man, not again. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, first of all, this is my first year with the team. We were playing very well at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I was playing well individually. Um, you know, it was it was definitely a good time for our team. You know what I mean? And we were on the East Coast road trip, back home, playing in front of my family. And then on top of that, I knew this what everybody wanted to see. First of all, I want people. Well, not want, everybody. Not everybody, but you know, a lot the of haters, people. the haters. Yeah. yeah. I get. Let me defend all the fans out there for a second. Yeah. I don't. I think if people are rooting against somebody, they don't actually want to see an injury. I yeah. think it's like they have fun rooting against the yeah. Warriors. Yeah. I, I won't say it's a. I wouldn't say they like a a season in the injury or Maybe a career in the Some fans might have. Yeah, I'm sure. Excited. I'm sure, but um, that all that stuff ran through my head because it was like, man, I'm just. You know, I'm in a dark place right now, you yeah. know, taking basketball away from me, something I love, and then I might not be able to play for the rest of the year. And then when we got in the car, I'm, I was finally wrapping my mind around, all right, I might have, I don't know if I was, we was thinking about, I don't know if that requires surgery or anything, but um, I wrapped my mind around this long recovery and, you know, what it's gonna take for me to get back. And then we got a call, like, we checked the scans again, well, we had got we had got a CT scan to see uh, what condition the bone was in. They gives that gives you a more in depth picture of the bone, and uh, they told me it was just a bruise there, and I sprained uh, my MCL, and th- that reaction in the car was like second to none. <laughs> like if you're seeing if that emotional roller coaster that hour, it, it was it was something out of a movie, and then we were all in the car. It was me, Rich, Johnny West. Um, and Tom, our security guy, and um, we all just fist pumped and hugged, and we were so excited because it was not as bad as we thought. You literally dodged a bullet. You literally, yeah, yeah. I mean, that sucks that you thought you were done for. Five. I don't know if I knew that part that you thought it was over for like for an hour. No, not an hour. Probably thirty minutes. I just knew that. All right, now I'm not gonna be able to play until July or August, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Now Andre Iguodala took your job. I mean, I don't even yeah, know. You, they might not even play you when you come I know, back. I know, I know. You play like I 10 know. minutes a game, maybe? I know, man. That sucks. But as long as I'm come healthy. Come maybe stretch the floor in the corners? Yeah, I wouldn't be you know, <laughs> Just corner Whatever threes. they need at, for the, at this point, you know, as long as I'm out there. <laughs> have you have you learned anything from watching on the bench? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because it's not like you were sitting there watching your team because you were out there 38 minutes a game. Not 38. 36? Nah, more like 33, 32. So what'd you learn? Um, just just seeing, you know, different sets and from different angles. You know, the game, when we, the way we play is so fast. Sometimes you don't realize what's going on. And uh, I see different, different spots where I can hit on the floor to free myself up and my teammates up. And uh, yeah, they're playing well lately. Playing very well. It's funny, everybody tried to write them off. I mean, yeah, that's just... A couple times this season. And then after you're... Oh, you yeah. got injured out, they're going to lose the one seed. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, Curry and Clay. It's Curry no, and Clay are averaging like 23s a game this month combined. Yeah. Just firing them up. You got to, you know. 
We got to. That's why we play. There's no optimism when it comes to fans or anybody outside of the players and the organization. You know, we we were good. That's just like you see with Cleveland now. I'm sure they they know they're going through a tough stretch. Um, but I think it's worse than a tough stretch. I mean, a tough stretch. It's a tough I'm stretch. a media member. I'm supposed yeah, to blow things out optimism. of proportion. So, yeah, of course. You're just a player, like a fan. You're, and you're a fan. You're a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan. And you're a media. Uh, I'm more of a fan than a media. A member of the media. Yeah. So you know, looking from the outside, the inside, it like you know. Obviously, we're not playing well. We want to get back on the winning side, uh, but we know what it takes. You know, that's exactly how we felt. It's interesting because anytime something like this happens with an older team that's been there a couple of times, they're always like, "Ah, oh, they'll flip the switch when yeah. the playoffs come." Yeah. And a lot of times that doesn't happen. Yeah. Like LeBron was on the Heat three years ago. I was doing TV that year. And we kept saying that, oh, they'll flip the switch, they'll flip the switch. And then all of a sudden in the San Antonio series, they went to flip it and it wasn't there. You know, and it's, I think it's a bad sign when you're just getting your ass kicked defensively twice a week. Yeah. You I know, mean, that guy, that has to mean something. Yeah, I mean, you want to definitely build good habits, you know, but you can't. I mean, a team that talented, that good, and that seasoned, you can definitely flip a switch. How long you'll be able to sustain that, who knows? Just like you said, once it was time to flip it on again, um, that Miami Heat team lost to a team that kept their switch on all year. You know what I'm saying? So 2011 Lakers were another one. Remember that? Yeah, I remember Three that. Three straight finals, then they go Dallas. It's like, oh, they're down against Dallas. No, they'll flip the switch. But, Dallas just knocks them out. Yeah, but when you uh, – they've been to what? This is their – they've been since LeBron been there. Two finals in a row. Two finals in a row. LeBron's been in six in a row. Six in a row. That's like – that's a lot mentally, you know That's what I'm crazy. saying? As far as like being up for a game in January or December, it's just like we know what we want to get to. We know what it takes to get there, and we've been there before. They won a title, so it's like, man, those games matter, but like we're, we're, we're kind of seeing down the line. You know, we're kind of thinking farther than what we should be thinking, I guess. And when you're on a really good team, you know, um, you know the playoffs, you can kind of look towards that. Um, a little bit earlier than you should. And that's Did you what, sense that from Steph and Clay at all in um, November, December this year? No. Nah, because Draymond's not. Draymond's just going to go all out every game. I think they all. Maniac. I think we all go out, go all out every game. Uh, that's not even a question. I think every player does that. But it's easy to, to look at, look towards the future a little bit. But I think for Steph and Clay, I think our team was so new, yeah. we we're so focused on you know um, coming together as a group because. I'm sure if it was the same team they had last year, they might have had the same mindset as far as, all right, we know how good we are and we know where we've been the last, these last few years. But yeah. I think we're such a new team with me, D. West, Zaza, Pat, um, JaVale, uh, just so many new players, you know. We just all had to get uh, integrated into the system. And I think having guys like Steph and Clay and Draymond who've been there since Steve's been there, you know, they spent a lot of time focusing on helping us, you know what I'm saying, helping us figure that system out and figure out what, you know, uh, different, you know, nuances and how we want to play as a team. So I think that's what their focus was more so than looking down the line. Yeah, I, I did a podcast with Nash on Wednesday, and he was talking about when you have a new team. And he was he was describing, like, is it you? Are you, are you? Mm-hmm. And you start doing that a little bit, and that's what can hurt a team in the playoff series. But... You're, I mean, you're really out of the essential guys that are going to be out there in the last five minutes of a game. You're really going to be the only new guy. I think you need to motivate LeBron, though. 
Because uh, because everyone wants a trilogy. I think you need to say something like, "Well, if LeBron, if, Le, if LeBron was any kind of a man, he would show up for this finals." Or just something, just some sort of. <laughs> we need some sort of headline. Durant calls out LeBron, says, "No, all right, I ain't got nothing to do with me." <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what everybody want to see is a good old fashioned showdown between them. Well, they want to see a lot of showdowns with you. Yeah, they want me to. They want me to fight with everybody. Yeah. The uh, what do you want to talk about first? All Star Weekend or or the first OKC trip? Because you haven't really talked about either. It's on you. Um, let's start with the first OKC trip. What about it? I. I kind of I enjoyed 80% of what they did because I'm of the belief of their fans you're cheering your team you're rooting against the other team why only 80% because I didn't like yelling at the family and stuff like that I thought that that crossed the line I think they're going to chant cupcake they're going to do they're going to give you shit because you left I get it 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 seemed there was a personal edge that I didn't like I, I I don't know. I can hear it. My I said mom, that as an innocent yeah, bystander, just yeah. watching on my couch. From- I don't know. If, I don't know how. I don't know if my mom. They say anything to my mom, but I don't know about that. I mean, she, I didn't even ask her about that type of stuff. But I think she was just more. She's a mom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like she doesn't see it from a fan's perspective. Like she doesn't see that I left. In, you know, a city, um, a small market at that. Who only who's you know this is their only professional team. And they're so hurt about who I went to and all that stuff. And so she doesn't see it as that. She see it as though, like, as a mom should. Like, I've been there for so long. I did so much uh, in that community and for the team and for the organization. And she, just like a mom should, a, a caring, loving person should, she thinks that, um, you know, I should be commended for it. Me, on the other hand, I'm like... Me and Rich was telling her, like, you got to – I don't think she realized what's coming. Like, right. weeks, weeks before the game, and we were like – my mom was like, Yo, can you – you know, I want to get – I want to walk down on the floor. I want to, like – I'm like, you got to relax. Like, this is not – Right. I don't play here no more. Like, they yeah. don't care about – they never – like, fans don't really care about, um, you know, once you leave them, especially, you know, in that city, like, who you who you were when you did, when you were there or anything. So – me and Rich had to tell her like, this might not be what you really think it is. What you think it's going to be? There's no videos. There's no cheering. There's none of that. And we understood that, and I knew that coming in. That's why I was a little bit more relaxed than I thought, you know. And uh, but as far as yelling at my mom, I didn't hear none of that. I didn't see any of that. Um, and she was just upset about, you know. She looked back on the the, the eight years that I was in Oklahoma City and what I did. And, how, and she really thought it was a homecoming. <laughs> right. And I'm like, no, nah, it's not like that. We understood that. I did, at least. Did After that game, did you feel like, man, I spent eight years here, and now I'm getting booed? Like, mm-hmm. part of this just hurts my feelings. Man, I know all about sports. I know all about being a fan. You know what I'm saying? If I was a fan of that team and I was in their shoes, I would do the same thing. Yeah. And I understand that. But what makes it even sweeter is that, like, I think at some point in your career, if you're, like, considered one of the best, you should be loved and you should want to feel loved and hated. And I felt that, you know what I'm saying? That was a, I, wanted to see, I wanted to see what both sides felt like. That's you interesting. So you want to see how you reacted to it. Yeah. And I, so how did you react? I, I thought I did a great job, <laughs> you know? I thought you played well in that game. I mean, I played well. We won. 
Your teammates rallied around you, My too. My teammates rallied around me. It was a fun game. When I walked out of the tunnel to, to pregame shoot, you know, I felt it then. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I was walking out of the tunnel. I seen a little kid with a cupcake uh, costume on. I was like, this, okay. is, this is something I always, as I got older in the league, when people were loving me and I couldn't do no wrong, I could say whatever I want in the media and people would, I felt like the, I felt like the kid that every, Grandma was pinching their cheeks like all the moms love me. You know what I'm saying? All the kids looked up to me because I was this upstanding citizen. You know, everybody, you know, loved what I brought to the table. And then on top of that, I could play a little basketball. Yeah. But now it's like you're a traitor. You're disloyal. You're a front runner. Front runner. You're gutless. You have no spine. And I'm like, I love this. I love it. I, I embrace it because like... Every character that I enjoyed growing up had seen both sides. You know what I'm saying? I listen to Jay-Z all the time. And he said, they love you, then they hate you, and they love you again. And that that always, since I made this decision, that quote is always in my head. You know what I'm saying? Because this is all a story. It's not real. So obviously in this movie, you're going to be loved, you're going to be hated, and then you're going to be loved again. And then they might hate you again. They might like It's all comes full circle, so... The only real part was that you had relationships with guys in the other team, but then it just becomes a basketball game. (laughs) But, like, you and Kaner started barking at each other at one point. Yeah, uh, during the game? Not that game. Well, when we played here, when we played them the first time. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I got it mixed up. Yeah, but I don't really know him that well. You know what I'm saying? I can can see if that was Kendrick Perkins, when I can see if... uh, Who'd you get into it with the second game? Andre. Oh, Andre. But that's, like, my brother. Andre is, like... Like Andre is my guy. Yeah. Like that's really my brother. Like some somebody like that, um, it's strictly basketball. Yeah. That's all it was. It wasn't it wasn't anything outside of that. But if Ken if Ennis was Perk or Eric Maynard or Daquan Cook or any of those guys that I you know, we went to the finals with, we went to war with every single year from two thousand nine, two thousand ten up to two thousand thirteen, yeah, then I would feel away. But he's not one of them. I played with him for a year. You know what I'm saying? And I and I was good to Ennis. Yeah. Like I was, I was really good to him as far as like trying to um, em- embrace him from early on, trying to help him as a basketball player, just trying to make his life comfortable and being in a winning situation, which he's never been in. I I thought I was really good to him. Obviously, we were getting into it as teammates. That's what everybody do. But I thought I was really good to him. So it was kind of weird when he would, you know. Well, he's, he's Team Westbrook now. Oh, yeah. He's sticking up for his dude, man. Yeah, I mean, that's who he passes the ball to. Russell passes him the ball all the time. So, hell yeah, I'll be Team Westbrook, too, if I get all my points from his his assists. <laughs> so, yeah. but Did you even you even have a moment with Westbrook in that first game? Um, Did you even acknowledge each other? No, nah, no. Nah. So that part's strange to me, just as um, yeah, an innocent bystander. I can't lie, it is, because, I mean, we, we spent some time together, and I understand, like, who I left to go to and what happened and all this stuff. And then on top of that, I don't really, to me, I don't really think he got a problem. I don't really think it's, but if you ask a man every single day about me, I would be pissed too. Right. If, I would say it's been like, who's your competitor? Season. Me right now? I don't know. If anybody. What's that? I'm not an athlete. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, you got a competitor in your field. Like if somebody asks you about them every single day, 
Well, people pop, ask me about ESPN a lot. It, it pisses me off. Exactly. So yeah. if you uh, and then you, ESPN, you probably don't even have a real thing with them. It's just like, well, how many times are you gonna ask me about this person? I'm worried yeah. about me. You ask him about me every day. I, he, I would get pissed off too. So I think that's what added to this feud or this beef that we have, which is all manufactured. You know what I'm saying? It's a very good answer. I almost believe it, but it's real. At the All Star game. When when you guys had the play, the way the teammates reacted, I thought yeah. it was pretty funny because yeah. it, it felt like the whole thing made them feel awkward and they were happy that it something was. happened, right? It was awkward, you know what I'm saying? We just, everybody see it, everybody talked about it the whole time. That was a topic of discussion, you know what I'm saying? It was who's getting traded and is they are they talking to each other? It was corny. It was, it's tabloid TMZ talk. It's not even basketball. It's not even what's important in this game, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, there was like an Instagram video at one point of you yeah. were entering the arena one of the days, yeah. and he was ahead of you, but you weren't talking. I'm like, cool. yeah, and that was like, awkward for me. It was like it was awkward for me because I'm like, first of all, I don't, I got pride. We both got pride. So if I walk up to somebody and they just ignore me, I'm like, I would get really upset. You know, I get really mad. You know what I'm saying? I don't really get mad at a lot, but that pisses me off. So I didn't want to, like, make it an awkward situation for him. I didn't want to make it an awkward situation for me. Um, and um, so I just— So that's why— It was so weird. So he probably feels the same way. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like you just need Kendrick Perkins to get you guys in a <laughs> exactly, room together. Exactly. I mean, it's it's not even—because I've definitely—I never even told nobody this. Like, I wanted to ask Russell, like— How's your family doing, man? How you feel? Like, st- stuff that normal people talk about, but there's just, like, so many cameras watching, and it's, oh, what they talk about? They didn't look at each other. They didn't even say hi. Like, it's it, it was just making me You're so like mad. You're like in a fishbowl. Yeah, it was like, man, just everybody wants to know. Everybody, every 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 news outlet wanted to know. And it was like, you want to know about two grown men's conversation with their relationship. Let's take a quick break to talk about SoFi. If you've taken out student loans to invest in yourself and your career, SoFi wants to help you out. Attending college and following your passions, it's an investment, but with student debt, it can be quite the burden. SoFi is in the business of helping you pay off student debt faster. It's the leader in student loan refinancing. SoFi refinances federal and private student loans to save its members an average of 22359 total. Average monthly savings of 288. Here's how it works. Depending on your eligibility, SoFi pays off all of your existing student loans and gives you one new loan with a lower interest rate, no origination fees, no catch. Fast and easy application process can be done online. SoFi support team, just a phone call away. Get a $100 bonus as a welcome right now when you refinance at SoFi.com slash BS SoFi wants to help you focus less on debt and more on the future. Again, SoFi.com slash BS. Terms and conditions apply. See SoFi.com slash legal loans originated by SoFi Lending Corps, California Finance Lender Law License Number 605-4612-NMLS-ID number 1121636. Back to Kevin Durant. It's just been an unbelievable NBA season. Mm-hmm. I think we have more really great players in the league at the same time, all playing really well mm-hmm. than we've had since I was like in college. Yeah, you know, and it just seems like there's so much interest. And 
I, the NBA, I can't ever remember the NBA being more popular, more discussed day after day after day. I think social media plays a little part of it. It does. 24-7 talk, radio, mm -hmm. you know, sports show cycle, that definitely helps. The fact that we can watch these games, like I was watching Westbrook last night bring OKC back against Orlando. Like 20 years ago, I wouldn't be able to see that game. Yeah. You know, we can watch every game. Yeah. And I think that drives some of that interest, too. It's like. I've seen most of your Warriors games. Mm -hmm. I've seen I've seen a lot of his OKC comebacks, and people feel like it almost seems like they feel like you're in their lives. You know? Yeah. Like you become like these de facto family members. So that's probably why they care. That's why, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, f I feel as though these NBA players they mean so much to to these fans, and because it's such easy access. How many? I can date when I was in, when I was watching the NBA. I've never seen this many different brands. Every player has their own brand now, right? Whether it's I've never seen this many logos in players in the league, like so many superstars as you call it or stars. It's a bunch of them. So in each city. So if you look at Milwaukee, who's the guy there? Giannis. So everybody in Milwaukee feels like he's their guy. You know what I'm saying? Isaiah Thomas in Boston. Isaiah yeah. Thomas. Chicago has Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio. Yeah. It's like every team has a guy where it's like, this is a, this is our guy. This is who we believe in. This is our savior, basically. So that's the what Brooklyn gets fans it. right now are going, wait, who do we... Who's that? What? Uh, yeah, have, uh, they're finding their guy. <laughs> they'll, they'll, eventually, they'll have their they'll guy. They'll eventually have a guy, yeah, just like everybody else. Yeah. So um, that's why they get so emotionally tied to him. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like you've spent the last, ever since this whole, you just changed teams, you've spent a lot of time thinking about the relationship between players and fans. Yeah, I do. Did you think about that before this whole thing happened? No, not really. You know, I really... Um, it, it, I wouldn't say I spent a lot of time thinking about it. I was just curious to the fact, and I look at patterns, and I, I sit back and observe, um, you know, the change and why fans are so attached to players. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen it in my situation where, where they may love you. In a matter of seconds, they turn on you, you know? And um, and I, I I really thought that they, like, they genuinely love me yeah. <laughs> like, well, I think they did. I think they that might was the have. Problem. They might. Yeah, they might have. But it's just like it's a different type of love. It's weird to say because somebody that really, really loves me didn't care. Yeah. Whereas it's like I love you, but only if you play for my team or if you doing what I want you to do, which is it's a harsh reality sometimes because it's like, man, I really feel this love, but I'm wondering if I switch up or if I do something that. They might not like what, what would the reaction be. So, that was I, the biggest criticism I heard from our first podcast was that it people thought it didn't seem like you totally understood why the fans would take it I that didn't. personally. I didn't because when you play in a small market like that, like you don't really you don't see anything else. You, and when you play for, especially with a city for a city that um, has one professional team, you could kind of you get naive to what a, a fan really is because we get we sold out every game no matter who was against. Yeah, um, they wasn't coming just to cheer for LeBron or Steph or James Harden. You know, they booed them so they can and cheer louder for us. You know what I'm saying? So I was I was kind of in a, 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 a professional fantasy world where it's like I never received any type of hate. It wasn't no tabloids. I mean, not tabloids. It wasn't even no articles about. This guy should be fine. I look at the New York Knicks and Chicago Bulls and, you know, these big markets and 
their their home papers are just dissecting the team. Like we didn't get that. So you've certainly gotten it this year on the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, you got every every day. There's like a new storyline. But I'm I'm talking about. No, yeah. I know what you're talking about. But I'm saying like you had the I'm opposite saying. experience. I had now. the opposite experience. So I'm I'm really thinking like I was really living in like a like a little bubble. Yeah, a real bubble. And um, so it made me. I was naive. That's. You know, I didn't. I didn't realize it would be like that. I didn't realize we had really fans that really cared about that. I just thought they, man, you play for the Thunder, we appreciate that. We never had a team before. <laughs> That's how I looked at it. And then when I left, I was kind of shocked because I was like, then I would go back, and then I'm like, I remember this guy in the stands. Like I, I used to say what's up to you every day, every game, and now I turn around, you got a cupcake shirt on. I'm like, it, that kind of hit me like. Yeah, I understand what this is about now. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and I don't take it personal. <laughs> I know what I knew it was coming. I knew it was about. So now, now I know, especially coming here, especially experiencing like this last this whole year and what what goes on when you're looked at as that guy, right? You know, what I'm you kind of knew Westbrook was gonna once he got his own team. You kind of knew he was gonna gonna do this right yeah. Yeah, would I mean, you guess a triple double no I wouldn't guess a triple double I ain't gonna lie to you you didn't I know Enos Cantor and Steven Adams are gonna box out the other guy so he can get the rebound so uh, I, I, I kinda being playing with Russ I know exactly joke. I know exactly how um, how he gets these triple doubles and it's pretty amazing because it's like for him when he grabs a rebound that just unlocks a fast break and I understand right. why he does that so as a point guard you don't have to box anybody out because usually the point guard is the first one back on defense. Right. So he took he he. I watched him. You know he he takes that and uses that to his advantage to to go in there and help rebound because sometimes you're battling with those bigs and you got wing players that are long and athletic. So when we played last year, we led the I think we might have led the league in rebounding because we had five guys on the glass. So yeah. he was always taught that even when Scotty was there. Everybody come get on the glass. That's how we're gonna win. We're gonna out rebound teams, and that just carried over. And that's, that's one. I averaged eight now. rebounds. I averaged eight rebounds last year. So take eight of those away. Of course, yeah. and he averaged seven. Of course, I seen it coming. How so, many points you averaged last year? Twenty eight. Yeah, so he gets some of those. Yeah, you got the ball in your hands more, and you're shooting more. Of course, and he's like, he catching a rhythm. You know what I'm saying? He got a rhythm. And once you play with rhythm and you get that opportunity and you're just having fun out there, it produces that. And triple doubles, I didn't, I can't, I, I mean, that's so far-fetched now in our game. I didn't really. You I never mean, even occurred to you somebody could do that. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's kind of crazy. That's What's crazier to you, that he's doing that or that Harden's going to be at like 11 and a half assists a game? Both of them are crazy because he's leading the league. He's the craziest stat seasons ever. Is he leading the league? He's like 31 and 11. What is he, 30 and 11 every night? And and Russell's 31, 10 and 10. 10 and 10. That's that's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? But they got teams where they got to orchestrate everything. You know what I'm saying? They're setting setting the table for everybody. That's why NBA players need to rest more. We're going to talk about that even even though you, you already talked about the resting a little bit. Yeah, but I didn't give them much. I liked your 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 thesis about Dalen concentrate on the five guys who rest because the fans get mad because they paid for it. See, LeBron's not there, but really, like everybody in the league rests. We just only notice yes. the five. Well, anything LeBron does, you guys talk about like it's breaking news. So he can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> he has to play every game. He has to average close to a triple double. 
he can't, he has to be a perfect person because y'all gonna say everything about him. Where so, you all? How did I get lumped into this? Well, you're a part you of the media. <laughs> you said it as a fan 10 minutes ago. And you're a fan. <laughs> you're a Boston fan. I, uh, no, I, I'm a LeBron defender because I think the fact that he's been able to stay in the court like he has for 14 years and all the minutes he's played, I've never seen anything like it. And then what? even what Westbrook's doing this year with how I think, his, I what think he's those, doing in 34 minutes a game, every game, how hard he plays, I'm always amazed by that because it's a hard game to play. I think, the, I think those four years LeBron spent in Miami um, were different than those years he, he's playing now, those minutes he's playing now. Because the Miami, Miami minutes were a little easier. They were a little easier because they had such a great team. And um, I think Coach Spolstra Coach was definitely underrated. He's one of the best coaches in the league. He's been that one of the best coaches for the last, for what, since six years. Yeah. And I think he put, he put a system in place. Like LeBron played off the ball a lot in Miami, a lot. And he played. He had the ball a lot too, but he played off the ball. He was catching backdoor lobs. He was running in the post. Um, you know, they ran a lot of fast break. He was catching, shooting threes sometimes. Like Spoelstra put in, put him in some great positions, and I think that helped him as far as you know keeping his body intact. And he does a great job with that anyway. Um, so, what do you think the ideal number for the schedule is? Eighty-two. So you're still an 82 supporter. You wouldn't go to 76. Some things you gotta keep. Some things you gotta keep traditional. I think if you put it to 66, like what about 76? No, nah, I like 82 because it's. I mean, we ch- the game is changing anyway. The league is changing. It's getting younger. I mean, at least keep something. You know what I'm saying? Teams are moving. Teams are changing brand. Like teams are changing jerseys every year. Like at least keep something. I think so. 82 is a cool, but you know. And back-to-backs are cool, but cut them down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Cut the travel down. You While you – like teams on the West Coast, they got to travel a little farther. And the East Coast got to travel a little farther. So we go from – and it's and our West Coast games, and we go from – we go from here to San Antonio and Houston on the back-to-back. Like that's, that's a long flight. What would you fix if you could change anything about the season or the league or anything? What's the thing that drives you crazy? Um, really? Other than All Star Weekend, or with that whole All Star Weekend, I can almost break. deal with that. I like All Star Weekend sometimes. Well, some of it. Um, if I thought anything, you said it, you, no, it's the game not, you didn't like this year. No, you don't like. You can't no, like I, the All Star game. No, the game was the game was just the game. But we'll talk about that. But what I would change is um, no man. <laughs> We live a great life, to be honest. And when I look at it that way, I think the games, well, we could just we could change the schedule just a little bit as far as how long we got, how far we got to travel. Like some sometimes we could hit two or three cities in a road trip and get it out the way instead of going two or three times. Like yeah. going across the country, going across the country four times, like sometimes it's like, come on now, when we could hit both New York teams or we could hit, you know, we can go through the whole East Coast in one trip. I think that may help. It seems like the arena availability is what kills it. Yeah, that might kill it, but I don't know. I mean, that's not my job, obviously. I yeah. don't even know how it even works. But I think they would prefer that, but there's just times where it's like, oh, we, yeah, the circus We did that last there. year. We did that last year. I, we did that last year with OKC, um, but we're in the middle of the country. You know, every flight was two and a half. That longest was three and a half, but now it's like five-hour flights, six-hour flights, which is cool, but... We can hit if we can hit all. The, if we don't have to go to the East Coast three times in a year, like 
You know what I'm saying? How would you fix the All-Star game? Because it was awful. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I actually used to really like the All-Star game, and it used to matter to me, and I used to love to see who the five guys on each team would be in the last five minutes, and everybody would kind of turn it on, and it was like a nice snapshot of who mattered in that season. And now that's just gone. Everybody's just throwing out oops. Yeah, because we think about we think so much about like. I mean, I would love to see a real pickup game. You know what I'm saying? A real hoop game where we just play. But that that that's what doesn't make sense to me. It's like if you guys, a bunch of them get together. I don't know if you're in the group that gets together in L.A. Everybody's playing pickup like those games that we Chris hoop. Paul runs. Yeah, we hoop. We hoop. Everyone's trying in yeah. those games. So why weren't you trying the All Star game? Hey, look, man, it's Rich Sunday. Is it's, it's Sunday. Okay. It's Sunday. The game's Sunday. We didn't did everything from Thursday. Had a game flying in New Orleans. Hit the ground running. And by Sunday, by time Sunday, and you want to enjoy your break. By time Sunday come, we're like, man, I just let's just get this over with and get back to the second half of the season. All right. So that's a, that's actually a good answer because that just told me why the game sucks. That's what I'm saying. Because if everybody just wants to that's my, get it that's over my with, thought. I don't want that, I will hoop. I mean, all of us will hoop, but it's just like it's just like a big elephant in a room. It feels like like if we I think if we all come together before the game, we just be like, are we going to hoop today or are we just going to go through the motions? Yeah. I, it's, we won't have to put no extra incentives. We won't have to like put extra money, none of that stuff. If we all get in the room and and we just all come together and ask, you know, and we all just say we're going to go out there and hoop and hoop hard, play hard against each other, then we will do it. But what if they had captains? I don't think that would work either. What about – Older versus younger, twenty eight and over versus twenty eight. None of that stuff works. It's just a matter of are we going to play or not. I think the top guys need to just ask each other. If you've been there for the longest, you're the veterans. Brown is a veteran. Well, that's he was your the generation now. I'm. I was. What's this? Eight for me. Yeah. Damn, I should have spoke up. Yeah, but I was going to break it to you. <laughs> I should have said something. Now, I, didn't, I mean, because usually it was D Wade, it was KG, it was Brown, it was. It was mellow. It was like, those are the OGs of the game. And yeah. I was like, we're the young guys, and we just following your flow. Well, now you're not the young guys We anymore. got so many young dudes playing, they don't even like, they just happy to be there. So they don't even care, they don't even care that it's like a game. So back when Kobe was there and, 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 and all of the old guys, like I remember the last game that was pretty good was 20, 2014 was pretty good. Mm. And... um. Because we had, you know, we had the OGs that just don't know no better, but it's the hoop, and we all hooped. So I think just me, Bron, um, who's getting up there in years now, Russ, James, if we just go out there and be like, yo, let's just hoop, I think everybody will follow our lead. It's interesting the LeBron, Wade, Carmelo generation is now the older generation. Yeah, man. And Dirk's Dirk's way up there. He's Dirk's like the old is man like, on the hill. Yeah, he's the yeah. he's still doing his little fadeaway. <laughs> yes, yes. And, but then uh, did Dirk, Dirk make it this year? He was it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of the problem. Yeah, I think it'll be in the year. But who uh, replaced? Um, somebody was a replacement. Carmelo was Melo a replacement. Somebody he wasn't okay. happy about it. Yes, he was. Yeah, the they should have one pick in each conference. One pick in each conference that's like the the old guy pick or like the 18-year-old. No, like we shouldn't do that. It's, Why? Because it's like, you know, like us players, we know who the, who 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 been here the longest. It's no like set leader or set captain. When Kobe was here last year, we like Kobe been here the longest. We respect your, the amount of stars you got on your slippers, man. They give us slippers. Um, what? They give us flip-flops. Um, 
that have stars for how many yeah. all stars you so made? We respect the stars. Put so it, you have eight stars on your slippers. Yep, you gotta respect it. Would a Kobe have like fifteen? Twenty. Jesus. Well, no, no, he ain't have twenty. He might have. He had at least eighteen. He his first year. Yeah. I thought he made it his first year. No, he didn't make it the first year. But I then he, he got made voted it, I think, in. every year after that. Yeah, he might have had 18 stars, 17 stars. You missed your first year? I missed my first year and I missed my That's first two years. You my missed first your first year because so PJ Carlissimo was playing you at, at the, the two, two guard. guard which was a, I should have been playing a four back then. Uh, I hey, you'll be happy first... to know I was going nuts about that online in my column. Really? Yeah, it was like... Because well, I felt like I had watched you the year before in college. I thought you were in the Celtics and then you weren't. I was still attached. Then I'm like, why the hell they put him at two guard? He's seven feet tall. This is that crazy. was weird because I went from like not knowing how to really dribble right. <laughs> into being a two guard. That help help. Yeah, it might have helped. It might have helped because I was guarding two guards. I was guarding point guards, getting torched. Man, I remember Baron Davis torched me one game, and you, that kind of woke me up. But I always I scored twenty. I averaged twenty a game. You guys are the model of when people talk about is the draft system broken or not where you're putting young guys in a position, they're putting young guys on bad teams See, you and they're be, learning these mistakes. But for you and Westbrook and Harden, and actually you were in the finals in four years. See, it's a little different with us. Because like, you, you guys were three of the future best players in the league? Yeah, I'm from, I, I'll put it to you this way. My, my situation, they cleared everything out for me. Like they cleared Ray Allen, they cleared Rashard Lewis. Yeah. And we started really young, me and Jeff Green with a backbone. So... I average. I went from like leading my college team in points and rebounds. I averaged twenty five points a game in college, so I kind of knew what it took to lead a team in scoring and like. So I just tried to use that mindset going in, and then the next year, like, I was there to help Russell. You know what I'm saying? I was there to kind of. He. I may not have been as vocal, but he kind of took watched what I did, and uh, we kind of bounced. You know, we worked as hard. We worked off of each other, and our coaching staff did a good job of like bringing us together and work and me and having Russell, you know, kind of followed me and Jeff's lead as far as how we're going to work. He was kind of an unpolished diamond at that point. Exactly. He wasn't even starting to, to yeah. start the year. And when Scotty took over, he became a starter. So he kind of, he was waiting. Yeah. And then uh, when James came in, it was me, Russell, J Jeff, and then we kind of like welcomed James into the group. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like we all had like some type of, uh, some type of, uh, you know, guidance, you know, whether some of these guys, they going into a program um, and, you know, coach is about to get fired and they don't have a backup plan. Right. Or, you know, the GM might get fired. You know what I'm saying? Something, something crazy like that. And I feel like if you have a young guy, you got to have a plan around them. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a five, six-year plan on how you're going to groom these guys. And you got to just throw them in the fire. Like, you can't have a, a top two pick and bring them off the bench. That don't make sense. You're not going to win. Well, your first year was crazy, too, because the team was probably moving. You didn't know 100% it was moving, but you thought it was probably moving, and these fans are like, are we going to lose our team? Yeah, but I was so young, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I had no clue. I thought we were going to – I bought a house. Oh, you bought um, a house since you had Yeah. Them? Oh, no. And um, so I'm like – because I thought we were going to be there for at least another four or five years. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I'm like, All right, I'm going to settle in here. never bought a home before. My family was excited about that. And uh, I'm going to settle in Seattle. And uh, No. Yeah, there wasn't was, a lot of settling. No. Nah, it was crazy how that happened. How but many people were living with you that first year? Just my mom and my uh, my cousin. What's the biggest thing you wish somebody had told you that you could tell you now 10 years, 8 years later? 
always take control of your life, um, every area. Um, I, w- I would love to talk to a lot of these kids today because, you know, obviously they're coming in at such a young age, and there's very few of us that came in at a young age with ex- has so many so such high expectations, and um, so take control of your life, man. Do something that you want to do because at the end of the day, you gotta live with it. You know, and I mean, when you say take control of your life, what does that mean? Every area, if you if you feel like watching money, like watching money, watching money, know who's who's who put people in position that you trust and that you have real relationships with. Uh, you know, make sure you got people around you that's going to let you focus on what's important, which is getting better as a basketball player. Um. But like I said, relationships are key. You know, if you if you your agent is someone that um, was picked for you, you know, chances are you're gonna end up firing them because you don't have a relationship with them mm. once you get older. So I think that was something that I, uh, you know, I had to go through, and it's I'm glad I went through it because everything is about trial and error. Yeah. So um, yeah, just just know who you just know who you're gonna be doing life with. That's the most important part. Relationships are the most important part in this thing. And if you got people you trust, because this is a cutthroat business, it's a cold world out here, especially when you're dealing with basketball players, you're dealing with so much money. They don't. It's a cold world. So make sure you got people around you that you trust, because this thing will have to last you for the rest of your life. What would you tell about women? Women? Um... I mean that's 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 the thing you got to go through. That's something you got to go through on your own. I can't tell you about a woman, man, because you like who you like. I can't tell you who to yeah, like. But you, you be, all of a sudden you're a famous athlete making a few million bucks a year. Like, I mean, but you got you can't be naive to the fact that Jerry West is going to get you a lot of women. Meaning Jerry West, that logo on your jersey. I was like, I was going to say Jerry West is a pimp. <laughs> That's what we say. I learned that from Kendrick Perkins. Jerry used to say that. Kendrick Perkins called him Jerry West? Yeah. A lot of dudes on our team, young dudes that would come in and they were feeling themselves and thought they just were players. Like, Perk was like, look, man, Jerry West is the reason why you're getting all this attention. <laughs> Meaning that logo. That's so, true. I'm going to start saying that to Tate. Yeah. So Tate, man, that's Jerry West getting you all the attention lately. Yeah, it is. So if you if you naive to the fact that you you... You weren't getting these type of women before you made it to the league or yeah. this type of attention. Um, then you're going to end up getting into something that's going that you're going to regret. Yeah. So I think that's a gift and a curse sometimes, too, because I might have passed up on some women that might have been been great for me just because of the fact that I'm like, I didn't trust them. And it's still hard. Should we should we call some of them out right now? Maybe no. Name check? No? All right. Mm-mm. How does Perk have all this wisdom? He came to the league when he was 18. But he been through a lot. He was coming to the league at 18, you go through a lot. Perk been through a lot. We done had some deep convos, man. I miss him a lot. It sounds like Perk should have a podcast. You would love. Actually, we we need to get Perk on our podcast. Where's he? Where's he based out of? He's in Houston. You got to talk to Perk. Can we get Perk for the next podcast? Do a three easily, man with you and Perk. Easily. That's what we should do next. Man, me, you, and Perk. It would be amazing. He'll tell you all the Boston days. He'll give you some nice stories, and he'll talk about the OKC days. You'll love it. What's he doing now? Oh, I think he's just working out. I think he really he want. He, I talked to him the other day. Actually, he wants to get back and um, in the league. And um, really, yeah, we'll see. I hope so. I think anybody can use them. 
if like somebody like James Jones is in the league because he has so much wisdom as a great teammate. That's why he's in the league at this point. He gave yeah. them a pep talk this week. Yeah, man. They Those dudes like are valuable, Three man. times a year, James Jones gives a sports movie speech. These dudes are valuable, man. Those dudes are valuable. Najee Muhammad last year, like, he was he he was on his 18th year. I mean, he he probably wouldn't have helped us that much in, on the basketball court in the playoffs, but his presence was huge. So I think everybody needs that. Perks, Perks are so good if anything happens in a game or there's some bad blood in a series. And Perk, is still, Perk. Perk is still play some good post-defense, but there's yeah. not many post-up players. Do you feel vindicated that Scotty Brooks is doing so well in Washington? Because you were mad at everybody that was saying that he wasn't doing a good job for OKC. And um, I think I might have been one of those people. I wasn't. I mean, I, honestly, you got to critique how you're going to critique. But I, I was mad at the fact that you, a lot of people tried to come to me like I was going to bash my coach. Oh, <laughs> and like I was, the, the writers? Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, when, I, when I came out and said that at All-Star Weekend, I was just irritated because, like, why would you ask me – um, about my coach getting fired, like I'm gonna agree with you, right? You know what I'm saying? Somebody I've been through the trenches with, like finals, conference finals, like we spare, we spare, we uh, share some special moments. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bash my coach. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I got upset. You can't, you can say whatever you want. You got to critique them. That's your job. But don't come to me with that because I'm not gonna agree with you. Who'd you get upset at? I can't remember. Some writer, some guy. And I think everybody just happened to pick it up. I don't even think this guy is. I think he just. I think I don't even think he has a, a blog or anything. I think he's just there, just wondering. <laughs> and somebody else picked it up. He's definitely really good at dealing with young players. Because Yo, if you really look at the good. young guys on DC, I really like Ubre. He's. Yeah. I think he's my favorite bench guy in the league right now. Really? Yeah. I went. I went last night to the Clippers Wiz, and he was playing so hard. He's crashing the boards on the offensive boards on every play. Mm -hmm. He's guarding Chris Paul full court. Like really thought he could shut yeah. down Chris Paul. I don't know. I liked him, and that was somebody I did. I thought that was a wasted pick a year ago. I well, I I, I know Ubre because he came to my camps a couple years ago when he was in high school. Yeah, and and when he was in college, and um, his confidence level was high. Yeah. Which he is was, a blessing and a curse. Yeah, his confidence was high, but he played hard. Uh, not something. Some of these, some of these young cats that come into the league, they like got super confidence, uber confidence. Yeah, and they just go through the motions, whereas they just too cool. You know what I'm saying? Um, but he had a little. He had some dog in him where he was. He might foul you hard. That's how I know, actually, if a guy's, you know, young guys, they, they really want it. They'll foul you hard and play oh, physical with you. they'll foul you hard. Yeah, I was playing with him, and he would, like, foul me hard. And I'm like, I like that. I like that you care, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of these cats don't care about the game. Who else was at your camp that was turned out oh, to be lottery man. picks? Oh. I mean, Kelly Oubre is a pretty good guy to have at your camp. You got to bring Chuck over here. Chuck, who was in the camp? I think about 80% of them are in the league right Chuck, now. Chuck's still reeling that the Raiders are going to move to Vegas. He can't talk yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's still in the Yeah, I called him right afterwards. and uh, Chuck's losing his team. I told him he could jump on the Redskins wagon. He said he might. Nah, you'll, you'll be with the Raiders. Who's, in the, who's, in, the, who's in the camp, uh, Chuck? That was pretty good. Harrison Barnes, Austin Rivers. Chandler, Harrison Barnes was in your camp? Chandler Parsons. Um, oh, wow. Uh, you should have given Chandler the speech about the ladies. Chandler's. Uh, 
He's a legend. Jalen Parsons is the NBA legend now. Justin His Anderson. Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had some players. I think Harrison Barnes was the, probably the best time we had. Was Jabari Parker. Parker. Jabari Parker, Anthony Davis. Uh, Anthony Davis? Yeah, and he and I looked at Anthony Davis. And I was like, yo, they was Chuck was like, yo, go over there. And Chuck would say to all the good players that they wanted me to kind of interact with, he would go. He Anthony Davis is one of those guys. I was like, Chuck, you serious? Look at this kid. Like, he didn't know how to – because at that time, he was just tall, and he didn't know what to do with it. And right. He was, and he was at lanky and athletic, and I'm like, y'all want him to be a three because it was a wing player camp. And he was like, yo, just go over there, man. And I watched him, and I seen the skill, but I didn't see this, to be honest. I might not be a good judge of talent. The, but, well, the first podcast we did, you, you said your favorite young guy was Devin Booker, and he just put up 70. That yeah, was pretty good. That was pretty good. I didn't watch the game. We had a game that night, but – Right. I watched it. Yeah, we called Devin Booker. Because it was Booker. my team. I we wanted Devin Booker in OKC. I wanted him. I was like, man. Oh, with your uh, the lottery pick. Yeah, but he they took he him went, right before. Yeah. Hmm. But um, um, yeah, we have some players, man, and so yeah, most of those guys in the league now. It's kind of weird to play against them. All right, we're gonna take a quick break first to talk about Sonos when I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do, other than think about coffee and the sound of coffee brewing and the sound of me drinking coffee, is I turn on music. It completely changes the atmosphere of my home and immediately puts me in a better mood. But even with my speakers on full volume, I could never hear whatever was playing throughout my house as I walked down to get that coffee until I got Sonos. Sonos is a wireless home sound system that fills your home with pulse-pounding sound. All you have to do is position your speaker where you want it, plug it in, tap the app, and you can stream anything you want to hear via Wi-Fi just like that. No wires, no tricky program, no kidding. And with the Sonos app, you can control everything from anywhere in the house. Play a different song in each room. Do whatever you want. Play your favorite streaming services, your entire collection of downloads. Knock yourself out. Sonos lets you play it all. Enjoy the sounds that you love, the songs you love, the musicians you love, anywhere in your house. It's actually amazing. I highly recommend Sonos. It's, I, I actually enjoy life in my house a lot more, especially because it drowns out the sounds of my kids. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Trust me on this one. Again, Sonos.com. And speaking of things that I love, did you know baseball season's starting? I really hope you do because it starts this weekend. Here's a question. Do you like watching Major League Baseball? Of course you do. I catch every Red Sox game that I possibly can. But guess what? This year it's going to be even more fun because T-Mobile is giving away a free year of MLB.TV premium. That's an almost $113 value, absolutely free and only for T-Mobile customers. Here's the best part. With T-Mobile One, unlimited data means unlimited baseball. That's right, unlimited data. Keep up with every pitch, every big moment, every walk-off home run, all without blowing up your phone. Sounds good? Well, here's how you get it. First, get T-Mobile. Second, download the T-Mobile Tuesdays app from the App Store. And third, very important, April 4th, get your free year of MLB.TV premium in the T-Mobile Tuesdays app. That's it. Remember, April 4th, free year of MLB.TV premium through the T-Mobile Tuesdays app or go to T-Mobile.com backslash MLB and very quickly top 3% of data users may notice reduced speeds activate HD feature otherwise video typically streams at 480p 
web-enabled mobile device and qualifying service required, MLB trademarks used with permission, blackouts, and other restrictions apply. See terms of use for details. And now back to Kevin Durant. You like you would you would play with Lonzo. We can say that without tampering. You would have fun playing with Lonzo. Yeah, I like Lonzo. You'd get the ball if you ran the floor with Lonzo. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's a pass-first point guard. This is a great draft. I don't know if you noticed. Yes, this is going to be a draft. loaded, loaded rookie class. I'm All excited because they said a lot you. of these classes were loaded. But once you get up here, man, it's different. It's different. It's really different. And there's a lot of guys I thought that were going to be superstars. I feel as though you're a superstar in the league if you lead your t- if you're if you're like in the, in contention, like to be a playoff team or right even a championship caliber team that can actually challenge one of these teams. You know what I'm saying? I, I haven't think, seen that in a while. Yeah, I think you have to be, if you had just 11 average teammates, you have to be good for 45 wins if you're a superstar. That, to me, is a definition of a superstar. One safe, yeah. I need, I need yeah. you to go 45 and 37. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. Because yeah. that means you're worth about 20 wins. Like, let's say you have a 25-win team. Yeah. You got to be, you got to be... You got to be. There's 20 out of the 82 games where it's like you just made the difference. We just took over. What's interesting is, and you know this because you played with some of these guys, Westbrook's MVP candidacies, part of it is is some people are saying, like, oh, he's carrying those guys. Like, his supporting cast is good. Old Depot's good. Adams is good. Kane is good. They just paid paid two guys uh, $180 Right. So, I mean, they obviously are pretty good. And they got one of the best defenders in the league. And his counter is probably sixth man of the year. Can be the sixth man of the year. Iggy's, Iggy's back in it now. You gave Iggy life. He disappeared. He took your job and he's making sixth job, man of yeah. the year. Yeah, he's balling. <laughs> he's fucking balling. So, yeah, they got a good team. You know what I'm saying? They got good pieces around them. What can we talk about the team that you've been the most impressed by this season? In the league? Without tipping your hand too much on offending. Every time a player or a coach gets asked this, then they don't want to offend. Oh, he said it's San Antonio, certain, yeah, Nick Houston's yeah, bad. Yeah, but has there been a team where you're like, oh, man, that team's got it going. I'm impressed. Miami. Miami. Yeah, they're impressive. They're really impressive. They were 11-30. and 30, And what's their record now? They're going to be like a seven seed, potentially. Yeah, they're balling. And I mean, they Plus got a bunch of guys. Dion called it. Man. Dion called it. We we did we tell it. We told him. We talked about this last we, time. Yeah, we talked a little Waiters yeah. Island, but not too much. Waiters Island. We he told us that they were going to run. And I was like, get out of here. And they did. They won like they were like thirty and five <laughs> over a span of a couple months. So um, they playing well. I think. I think the biggest difference with the league, other than how much talent there is, is like just night to night. You have these teams in the middle like Milwaukee and Miami and Portland mm-hmm. and Denver. And these teams are good. You know, yeah. like the, like Milwaukee went into Boston last night and they legitimately beat them. The Celtics wanted to win. They were trying to get the one seed. It's not like they were caught by surprise. They knew Milwaukee's good. I have I don't remember the middle class being this strong. It's been a while. It's like it'd have to be since like uh mm. the ninety three range. Mm. I remember, I remember 2014, we had eight teams that won 50 games. But that was on the West, though, remember? I'm just the saying. The East was, I'm just saying. That though. was lopsided that year. It was, but I'm just saying, that was a good year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you ain't win 50 games, you was, in, you was in the lottery. I remember Phoenix that year. 
Yeah, they got the, bounced. They got they were the they were had the best record of any non playoff team in NBA history. Yeah, and I was like, that's a great that's a great year for league wide. You know what I'm saying? Because we talk about parity a lot <laughs> in right. our league, whereas you know teams are getting younger. You draft you're taking a lot of teams are tanking a lot of you know you're switching coaches every year. There's no continuity in our league now. So league wide, the talent, the teams. Yeah. are down because everybody's young. A lot of guys don't know how to play the game. So much movement, not continuity. So to see teams like Milwaukee's and uh, uh, Utah's, OKC's. Um, you know, yeah, OKC's another one. Yeah, playing well. We want to play them in round one. Nobody want to play Portland in round one. Portland, Denver. I would not want to play Miami in round one. Miami. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if we're going to see like a 1-8 or a 2-7 upset, but I do think we'll see more seven-game series than usual. Might would be. you rather have a Would you rather have a Sweet 16 or do you like the two conferences? I like the conferences. It's so traditional, man. You, it's just how it's always guy. been. Yeah. You know, it's how it's always been. We talk so much about... We get so mad. I see so many people mad about the games, not how it was in the 90s. <laughs> And I kind of laugh oh, at that. Oh, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Did was, did Shaq versus JaVale happen before the last podcast we no, did? No. No, I didn't. Yeah, because we talked about how the old athletes getting pissed off. They get pissed off at a lot of – they get pissed off at how the games play now because it's, it's new, it's different, man. It's changed. It's evolved, you know. So Scotty Pippen said today? What is that? What? Russell's having the best year in the history of the NBA. Scotty Pippen said that? Yeah. It's – that's because he said he wanted to get triple double. Well, that, but Scotty's got some. No, Scotty's got some Michael Jordan. He's got some Michael Jordan Phil bad blood. I feel I, there's something going on with that. Well, that's another story. So since we had that conversation, mm-hmm. Shaq was super mean to Javale McGee. Yeah. Which I just don't understand. It was weird because that that was like legitimately weird. Yeah, because I we we when Javale does something. Anybody on our team does something dumb, like Clay travels a lot. We all do stupid stuff. We like, first thing we say, that's going on Shaq and the Fool. And we all okay with it. Yeah. But if Javel ain't do it, Javel didn't make a play that night. Like he didn't he didn't do anything that uh, that should put him on Shaq and the Fool. And he made a two minute clip about all about all his with all his bad plays since he was in Washington. And I was like, that was uncalled for. Like yeah. that's just flat out trying to bully him. Right, and um, and Javale was like, "That's weird. Like, where's that coming from? Like, do you got something against me? Like, you know, for no reason." He put him on. He put. He made a whole two minute segment on Javale McGee. Absolute no. And then we all like, that's that's. We understand when he do something dumb, he should be on there. Yeah. Just like the rest of us. Just like any player, if you do something, that's what it's for. But if you if you don't do anything, like why? And um. So Javel felt the way, you know what I'm saying? Because he's trying to shake that that image, like because he's playing well this year, and he's and he wants everybody to see that. And he kind of yeah. saved his career too. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's almost he's, out of the league. Yeah, and, and and I can appreciate that story. I don't know about Shaq or anybody else, but and um, as a good teammate, I tried to be. I came to his defense, and <laughs> Shaq took it a whole nother way with it. <laughs> and it was funny to me because it made me realize something that a lot of these old players um, really think about. You know what I'm saying? I think. Did Shaq say something about you? I don't remember. Well, he just, yeah, he did. He did. He said that if I, I can't talk to him because I haven't won a championship. 
And um, which was kind of weird I, as I, well. I somehow I missed that. Like Mark, he talks to you every night. He said yeah. that, bro. I thought he just told you to mind your own business. No, then he came out and said something um, that I sh- about him not winning a championship, and I was like, okay. And it was like I can see right through that, like Shaq's whole thing. He feels validated in life, not just basketball, in life because he's won a championship. Yeah, which is this, and he said a lot of players in my era in this league now are soft and sensitive, and we can't take criticism. And um, and because I checked the post of the older players, man, because I respect these players, and I you know I want to follow their lead. They they laid the blueprint out. And I want to follow that, you know what I'm saying? So, I checked the post. I, I like to I like to check the temperature on all of that stuff. So, it came across my desk, and it kind of it threw me for a loop because I'm like, uh, first of all, Shaq didn't he didn't criticize me, so you can't say I get sensitive about criticism when you didn't criticize me for one, yeah. which I thought was weird because you're just talking at this point. And secondly, t- to say um, I can't say anything to him about my teammate who you tried to bully for no reason, I can't come to his defense because I haven't won championships, which shows me that your whole life is centered around. You feel like you you are someone in this in this world because you won a championship. For me, it ain't even about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I got something to say, I'm going to say it. And if I feel like you're trying to come at my teammate, I'm going to pr- try to protect him as best as I can. That's what... Leaders are supposed to. Shaq be. should have said, "I averaged thirty-five and fifteen in the finals." That would have been. I would have been more impressed by that. But it wasn't even. A, it had anything. It had nothing to do with basketball. <laughs> no, know. You know what I'm saying? Brag, like, you should brag about that. Lots of brag, people won a championship. Yeah, yeah, you bragging about you bragging about what you did on the court when it was not, nobody even. It wasn't even about that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I went off and said some things that <laughs> I said Shaq wasn't skilled. I said he didn't. You know. He couldn't make free throws or whatever. I was just going off of I enjoyed that. I remember that. You made the free throw. Yeah, because I'm like, man, you got flaws too, and you're just trying to pick on JaVale because obviously JaVale will never be Shaq. Right. <laughs> but he's trying out here just like everybody else. So, you know, I just try to have his back on that. And they, Bar- you know, I really like Barkley, and I, I get along with him great. The, the one thing I don't understand with him is when he does the In My Day stuff because— it's a new day, Basketball's man. Basketball's evolved, man. Yeah, get it's over like, that shit, man. It's a new day. We shoot threes now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we shoot threes. Okay. The game is good. We can play with y'all. Like, it's faster now. Shaq, you did your thing. We love what you did. We don't, we, you don't hear nobody coming out and saying, um, back then, man, nobody don't play like that. that. That way they play, they couldn't play with us. You don't hear no players coming out and saying that right now because we respect the generation before us. That is true. That that would be a good good way to fire back. We don't talk bad you about guys, well, You guys couldn't play with us. Yeah, we can easily <laughs> defend our generation, but we don't do that because we respect the legends that came before right. us. And so, obviously, we're not going to do everything the way y'all did it. You know what I'm saying? It's a different game. But we still love the game just as much as y'all do. We care for it. I understand we making more money than y'all did. We wouldn't make this much money if it wasn't for y'all. I'm reading yeah. his comments now. It just sounds the same. It's, it's stupid. I mean, Barclays generation shouldn't be mad about the money. It should be the Oscar Robertson generation. Yes. It should be the ones that should Were be they mad? pissed off yeah. all the time. Yeah, man. Like, Oscar's making like 75 grand a year, putting up triple doubles. We only we only demand what the market tells us we, we, yeah. we, 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 we should get. If they say we should make a hundred grand a year, we're gonna be fighting for the who can get the hundred grand. Like that's just how it is. 
They're giving us $30 million a year. What you want us to say? No. <laughs> we don't want it. You don't think Brent Musburger's mad at Bill? Brent Musburger. All the money he made. Exactly, man. So, Brent like, and we, want, we want to feel like we want to f- – it's not enough of these players that reach out and just, like, want to mentor. You know what I'm saying? It's like not the superstar players. Like, they don't want to mentor because they still got this little competitive – this fake competitive – I'm trying to look at it from their side, though, because, like well, – I, I don't understand it. Well – like Magic is somebody that I think I worked with Magic for a year. And it Magic was great. makes a lot of money. What are you gonna be mad about? No, I, I don't think so. He, he not looking back like, man, I'm mad at these guys. These dudes, it all stems that's from what, money, that's bro. My th- that's my thing. It I, all comes from Magic's money. really treasures the when the guys come to him. Yeah. He loves it. He loves when they ask him for advice. Yeah, when you when you make that much money and you you live in a great career, but Shaq made like four hundred million dollars. But Shaq don't like Shaq just go on TV and and, and try to clown people. I'm talking about like. I'm talking about like the Barclays and the yeah and uh, who else um, who else out there that we talk that T Mac oh T Mac yeah just yeah. like why are you so mad like T Mac I loved you like you were the reason why I played basketball and this and like you just taking Reggie Miller like I just take shots at us for no reason I understand it is a reason they might be they might feel away but like you get more respect from us I feel is that if you try to. Yeah, we want to learn from y'all. We want to take some of the stuff that y'all did and try to help. We we want that knowledge. You know what I'm saying? I would love to just sit down, have have a glass of wine, and just talk basketball with T Mac or, or Reggie Miller. Me, I don't know about the other players and my my peers, but hell yeah, I would love to just sit down and talk basketball with y'all. Talk schemes. Talk. You know, tell us some. Tell me some stories about how. You know what I mean? I love that shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, why is it a feud between the older generation and the younger generation? Like, it don't make no sense. Sometimes when I get upset about if I like these college kids, like I wouldn't do that. Like I gotta realize it's a new day. Yeah, things are changing. People are changing. You wouldn't answer. You're going to the draft like five minutes after. Your I wouldn't team have lost. did. I wouldn't have did that. But I don't have a problem with it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I would stuff that I wouldn't have did. I they doing it. now. We're talking about Lonzo, by the yeah. way. I didn't love that he did that. I would have mourned <clears> the loss for like an hour. I'm sure he. I'm sure he thought about it, but now he like looking at the big picture, and that's what these kids do nowadays. They look at the big picture, and so you can't you can't get mad at them. What's the that. best criticism you've heard of yourself from one of the guys on TV? Uh, I don't even know what the best is. I just know you could just feel the energy. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't they don't even want to look at you no more. <laughs> they just like before they would embrace you. You know? What you I'm mean saying? at the games and stuff? All Star Weekend games, like <laughs> you know, what's the best story? I'm not gonna name names. When um, do we do would, we can, do we have to get rich? Yo, Mike? Tell, just tell him the story about you. Tell when you was talking get about how the player Mike came up to you, and you was like, "Yo, he kept it so real." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, like, you want me to say his name? You on TV? You me say his name? I don't. I mean, it's up to you guys, but I don't. What do I care? I don't care. I mean, I was, I'm wondering. Out of respect to him, but who, I mean, he did. He did kind of do <laughs> some that, shady shit to me. Um, so we played in Vancouver. First game. First game as a in the Warrior uniform. And I see James Worthy walking out, <laughs> out, out the, out the, I seen him walking as I was leaving the game, and um, James Worthy, I'm like, man, that's a legend here. Big you game, James. Big game, James. He's like, he a legend. I ain't get to see him play, but I just know all about him. So as I was walking, you know, I'm a little, I'm gonna give you a whole backstory. I'm like a little skeptical at this point to even talk to anybody that <laughs> from the generation before because I don't even know how they feel about me as a person, as a player, because these dudes. They look at me as like, oh, you switching teams, you chasing this, you chasing that. So I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna keep it moving. 
Mm. But he was like, man, don't worry about that stuff. <laughs> uh, people change jobs every single year, every single day. Don't worry about that. Just go out there and, and you know, keep working and go get, and go win. That was nice. So I'm like, man, that's nice. So I called my, uh, I came back home that night. And my boy, Randy, I was like, man, James Worthy was cool, man. He showed me he showed me so much love, man. I appreciate that. He was like, huh? He was talking so bad about you on TV. Like, <laughs> he was saying Magic wouldn't have did that or I wouldn't have did that. And I was like, yo, stop selling out. Stop selling people. Stop selling your brothers out, man. This is a fraternity. Stop selling this out for these for, for NBA TV and Turner Sport and ESPN. Stop doing that, man. Then come in my face talking that nonsense. Like, I really was like, I really fooled with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, I really appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's when I was like, first time I got booed every time I touched the ball. First time when they called my name and started lineups, the whole arena booed me. So I'm like, damn, this is new. Then I see James Worthy, a legend. I'm like, damn, that's cool, man. I appreciate that. Then I get that. Man, he was talking so bad about you, Magic, when he did this. Jordan, when he did that. I don't know why he... I'm like, man, you're so corny. If you want to keep it one way, just keep it one way, man. Don't come to me with that BS. What about do do you ever hear the first take stuff and on that whole culture? Is that stuff like popping your Twitter man. replies? Yeah, people come to me all the time. You hear what such and such said about you? You can't dodge that stuff nowadays. That's why I'm like, if I hear it, it's not because I'm sensitive, and I can, if I talk about it, that don't mean I'm sensitive. It's just that I hear it and I take it on the chin and I roll with it. That's a part of the game. Do you think players? You think that stuff bothers them? What's the reaction like around the league? I don't think it bothers them to the fact that it affects their work. It's just the fact. It's just like, who are you to to talk when you have no clue how it is? Yeah. You talk about don't say nothing until you win the championship. You have no, you don't even know what it feels like to get your name called or to 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 turn, put a jersey on, and we, that's what kind of gets us. Me, for a fact, it's like you don't even know. So how can you talk about a championship or what I should say or how I should approach anything when you have no clue what it takes to even get to my level? But I don't think it affects anybody's work, not at all. If anything, it's just more future. I feel fire. like it's becoming pro wrestling. The, the the like today I was watching. Matt, I actually like Max, and I, I know him. He's a good guy. Um, and Stephen A, I've always gotten along with. Max and Stephen A are on together. And Stephen A sometimes he'll stay stuff for effect, to Obviously, say the least. Obviously, yeah, you got to stay But today on. they're like, I think there should be co-MVPs. The NBA should give out co-MVPs. I'm like, that's not original. What is this, like youth soccer? But it's not you even a, give everyone a trophy? But that's not even a winner. That, that's not even original. Kobe said that. So you're going to say it because Kobe, like you don't even have a pulse because you're not in these locker rooms. You're not even at these games. You're just sitting behind your desk. If Kobe wouldn't have said that, I guarantee nobody would have even took that and ran with it. Let's, let's just give out co-champions. Let's not have the finals. <laughs> let's not, let's not somebody got to win and somebody got to come in second God. place. That's just how it is. Who would you vote for? I'm not even going to get into that. Yeah, a lot, a lot I had to of, ask. A lot of people sensitive about that, so yeah. I'm going to just let it ride. Whoever wins, is, congratulations, welcome to the club. I am not deciding. I have a vote, and you don't have to hand it in, I think, till the, the last day. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting till the last day. It's a great season. Yeah, it is. I want to I see the last eight games. But you got to look at the whole body of work, though. I'm still, I think you're, you're going to be my second team on NBA. I'm not just saying that because we've done two podcasts. I look. I actually did the research. I don't really. Of, feel, I don't. I don't. Even I know you don't care. I'm just telling you. My I, I, I mean, I'm telling you the mindset of somebody I, who votes. I, I. I mean, look. I. I mean, I was second team. All, I was second team on NBA last year, and I was. I was pissed about it. So it's not like I'm excited to be second team. I feel like I'm the well, five best the, player in the so league. So you played 59 games. So what? 
So I look back at the history of the NBA, and it seems like you have to get over 55 to basically be to, to be considered. And I was surprised by how many dudes are in like the 58 to 63 range who made first or second team. So I felt I felt better about that. That would be cool, but I'd rather be first team. Well, you'd, yeah, I mean, the, it's because of the injury. Yeah. But I'm just saying I'm not Do you pay be... attention to that stuff, though? What? Like, do you ever look at, like, basketball reference and go see, like, oh, this guy did eight at All-NBAs? And... Hell, yeah. Only person I really looked at growing up was, like, I wanted to beat, I wanted to beat Steve Francis in every category. Steve Francis? Yeah. Oh, man. We come from the same area, and he was the guy around my area. So if he had, I think he had six All-Star games. Yeah. Once I hit seven, I was like, I got you. Once I got... Uh, all NBA every year since, since my third year in the league, I got him. If I got it, I, since I won an MVP uh, individually, I got him. So that was my goal to be Steve Francis. As weird as that sounds, but it's something I had in mind since I was young. I really like the All NBA because, like, when I was doing my basketball book and I'm trying to figure out years and eras and compare people against each other, all that stuff, the All NBA was really useful. It's like a nice little snapshot of yeah. every year there's going to be between seven to 17 guys that were really like the guys for that season. And it's really useful to be like, you know, Carl Malone one was. Who for, votes on that? Uh, right, now, right now it's the media. I thought the coaches did that this whole time. The coaches time. don't do that now. I thought since I thought the coaches did that up until last year. I think the coaches year, vote for. Last year I really. Uh, I, um, did you all Once it came out, I was like, they said they the media vote. Star reserves, right? Yeah. The best thing that happened for the voting was they put the votes online because people were just using it to settle agendas. And, yeah. You know, they're doing the MVP and not putting somebody in the top five who should have been in the top two. Yeah. And like four years ago, they just started putting everyone's votes. So and you can see. Started, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if somebody starts messing with. Oh, you can anything. see each media member. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's good. Accountability. It's Definitely. Good. We, need, we needed it. That's good for y'all. We got to bring Rich in. No, it's, it's fine. I'm, I like this. I just... You know what Every I mean? MVP vote, you can see every media member. Everything. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That's why I don't understand. It's like game 60, and people are like, who's the MVP? You got to wait. Who's winning? It's yeah. like there's... All these seats are in play. Like, Kawhi's the MVP. Well, is he going to be the one seed or the two seed? Every, every week. Stuff. Every week is something new. Well, poor, I mean, Steph is like, Steph, what's wrong with Steph? Oh, Steph's not the same. Oh, Steph's doing great. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because it's the season. You go up and down. Yeah, you have hot streaks. You're going to have a great month. What yeah. was the best month you ever had? Probably February of 2014. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I vaguely remember this. You were like 35 a game. 30 35. And I was yeah, shooting yeah. over 50%. I was like seven rebounds, six assists. I remember this. because game winner. It was Game 2014, winners. right? I was just in the zone. MVP, yeah. Yeah, MVP. yeah. I was on TV that year. I remember we had some crazy graphic. Remember that game in Toronto? Yep. I have, I was March. I was at like 50. I was in the zone then. But I, that's when um, Russell was injured. So it was like I had the ball more. You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't in that. And it wasn't even... It wasn't even more Durant fun. said best month came when Russell was injured. <laughs> no, there's a headline. Put tape, write that yeah, down. That's clickbait. Edit it. Yeah, edit that. Just the whole out. conversations about that. <laughs> no. Come on, you know I'm No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but when you get the ball more, like I was saying, I had the ball more. I mean, I had to handle well, the ball. You know what usage rate is, right? Yeah. So I wrote about Westbrook four weeks ago, and I was talking about, I mean, he has the highest usage rate of anyone ever. Yeah. But he also had... Like one of the three highest assist rates ever, which is 
It's the assist percentage, the number of assists your team has, what your percentage is of that. So oh, normally okay. that's like Chris Paul, Steve Nash, guys yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's up there with those guys, but then his usage rate was like with Will, Michael Jordan, <laughs> all these guys. So he had both. Yeah. I mean, and the I, question for me is like, if somebody has the ball that much, what's your ceiling as a team? Because basketball, guys need, you know, you can't just stand in the corner for 10 minutes and then be like, all right, your turn yeah. to shoot, make a shot. It's a rhythm game for yeah. sure. It's a rhythm game. And, uh, but when you got somebody that good, why not give them the ball the whole time? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's it's probably the best way for that team to get that's to best way to Iverson's usage rates. Like, Iverson was like about, and he was in. He had a couple of the high ones. He was like thirty five, thirty six percent. What's the highest? What's you had a high last year? You and Westbrook together both had high as like teammates. Westbrook's the highest. Westbrook was like forty two percent this year. Oh, the, but like, wow. there's a couple Jordan seasons when he was in I the mean, mid 30s. It's an interesting stat. Yeah, I don't, man. It's get a little a ball, Get a ball to your best players, man. Yeah. That's the name of the game. Give it to your best players. Let them work their magic, especially in the league. Give it to them. Well, it seems like more than ever, that's what every team is doing now. I mean, Isaiah's. So Isaiah Thomas, Boston Isaiah, not Detroit Isaiah. His usage rate is like, you know, it would be like one of the top twenty all time. Really? And and it's not even like in the top three or four in the league because when he has the ball, he's doing something. He's just slashing kick, he's shooting. You know the offense runs to him. Yeah, but I mean, I feel, I feel, I feel you. I feel you on that. I mean, I think once the postseason come, I think you move it around a little bit more because you're a little bit more to focus on in the game plan. I think that's when you can be a little bit unpredictable when a team is focused on just you and you starting to move it more. And guys are creating for you as well. I think that makes you unpredictable in the playoffs. So it may work. It's not going to matter for you. You're going to be in the corner. You're just you're playing like 12 minutes a game. Yeah. Iggy took your job. Yeah, I know. We got to make we. You got to like get Iggy in the parking lot or something. Just I know, trip him. Man. Try to get your job back. That's yeah. That's what. That's the dilemma I got <laughs> going into this. How can you I get my job back? You practice your cheers. Do you wave the towel? Yes, yeah, waving the towel, Patty Mills style. Baseboard, yeah, study some more baseboard tapes. Yeah, man, sit in the corner. If I'm open, shoot it. You know who's unbelievable? My favorite bench guy this year is Alan Anderson on the Clippers. He's got a handshake for everybody. After every timeout, he comes back for more handshakes. Great he's teammate. Just, he's constantly loving, love, 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 handshakes, love. That's and that team needs it. That's too. the kind of nice handshakes now. Who does? Yeah, yeah it was straight. He used to be in that handshake. Yeah, I was dapping up. It's straight to the point now. It's efficient. You had one with every player in the Thunder. No, that was. That's because he was living in Oklahoma City. That was like two years do. ago, two, two and three years ago. We had handshakes for everybody. Now it, it was just like, let's just dap up and get up out of here, man. Let's go play. I'm glad the chest bump era is over because I really thought somebody was going to get hurt eventually with one of those. People, <laughs> we've calmed down on chest bumps People for the most part. Still raise the roof though. We were yeah. starting to raise the roof I a lot. You raised the roof. Yeah, you raised. Yeah, the roof. we raised the roof a lot. Yeah. And paying homage to Ray Allen, Jesus Shuttlesworth, and Travis Oh, last Travis thing we got to talk about. Um, we got to talk about the North Carolina thing because Tate's been talking about it ever since we talked about it the last time, but we didn't talk about it on the podcast. What about it? Because North Carolina's in the Final Four. It seems relevant. Okay. You almost went to North Carolina. You got a Demon Deacon shirt on, though. Yeah, I'm from North Carolina. For the whole state, the big four. He's UNC. Right. Believe right. me, he's... He's literally almost crying when they blew the game a week ago. Like he would, he wouldn't like be here today. Yeah, that's crazy. No, he's UNC. He went to Carolina. He's crazy. He. All right. 
He, you wearing a Wake Forest? You got a Wake Forest shirt on. You're a traitor. You're a traitor, bro. You're a traitor. Backstabber. But you don't like Duke. No, they all hate Duke. It's a, it's a. Do you like NC State? Wake Forest is our private school that we're cool with. You know what I'm saying? Duke and NC State are like this. This is the best. Wake Forest Carolina like this. No, you were supposed to like one team. Get out of here. No, he's all you. Let's see. I got a I got a back tape. Uh, he loves you. So what about you? All right, <laughs> uh, I get you. He thinks Dean Smith was the most important American we've ever had. Yeah, for sure. Really? I went to his camp. So, and you know he hates him, Dean. You know him and Rick Barnes got into it when he was yeah. at Clemson. Yeah. They were about to fight. Yeah. Like, a, like a fist fight? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember that. I do. All right, so you mentioned in, in passing to Tate how you almost went to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And he almost passed out, and he's been talking about it ever since. So we had to tell that story in the podcast. So you're a senior in high school. Yeah. What are your choices at that point? Carolina was one. UConn and Texas were two. And two A and two B. Did you like Syracuse? I didn't visit Syracuse. You did? No. I was Carolina, UConn. It's too cold. Texas. It's not called a Syracuse. Um, Connecticut was cold too. Carolina. Yeah, UConn is cold. At least UConn was good when you were thinking about going there, right? That they won in the previous couple years. Syracuse is pretty good. Syracuse is always good. Yeah. Um, but Carolina just stood out. I, um, I just wanted to go there. So why'd you want to go to North Carolina? I, I really want to make Tate's I went on a visit right there, actually. I went on an unofficial visit. They played Duke, and Marvin Williams hit the game winner. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I was in the stands then at the game, and I, and I, just, I just lost it. I was, like, cheering and shit. I was, like, jumping up and down, and... Like, I felt a part of the program. I was like, I'm coming here. I told my dad and my mom, I was like, I'm coming here. They was like, relax. I was a junior in high school. Me and Ty Lawson was, uh, we were there together. And I was like, I'm coming here. And um, so I waited. I waited. I visited. I went through the whole process. And uh, Roy was amazing. The coaching staff were pretty cool. You know, I hung out with Raymond Felton and McCants and Sean May right after they won the title. So, like, hanging out with them, it was like, oh. I was like, damn. Like, <laughs> I, feel, I feel the love as a, as a Tar Heel, you know what I'm saying? So I went, and then I, I was like, man, this is where I want to be. And then I, I promised uh, Russell Springman, who was recruiting me, he was a coach at Texas, assistant coach at Texas. He, I promised him I would come on a visit, um, which back then I was mad I did, but now I'm like, I'm happy I did. Um, so I went on a t- I went on a visit to Texas, and as soon as I got off the plane and walked on campus, I was like, my gut was like, this is where you need to be. And I was like, damn, Carolina, I, I want to go there, but it's something telling me I got to go to Texas. And 10 years later, my 35 is retired and is in the rafters up there. So I guess I made the right decision. I thought, didn't was, wasn't there a Brandon Wright element to this stuff? Nah, they was waiting on me. I was the second best player in the, well, I thought I was the best player, but I was ranked number two in the country. Okay. So everybody was waiting on me. And I committed early too, so. So what could just just so Tate knows for the rest of his life, what could North Carolina have done differently? Is there one thing they could have done? No, like I one sh- MJ sh- phone call. No, not at all. If I wouldn't have come, if I wouldn't have promised uh, Russell Springman I was coming on a visit, then I was going to Carolina. But I promised him I would come on a visit. I feel like Rashad McCants did something. Yeah, I know. That's nah. that's a, that's I liked him. I actually liked him. I thought he was a player, like a okay. boss. I was like, well, I like how he moved. I like how he moved. He was real cool. He definitely cool. was a boss. I liked him a lot. I liked Sean May. I liked all of them. 
And um, but when MJ called for two minutes, and nah, I wasn't really big on that. Like MJ and did he call you? Nah, he probably didn't care. <laughs> I wasn't really big on care. that. He he well, he wouldn't have wanted anybody that good yeah. to go to He'd North like, Carolina. Yeah, you should go to Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get off my lawn. Um, but no, I, I no nobody would have convinced me to go anywhere if I didn't want to go. Not James Worthy. Yeah, especially they, they got there. Yeah, James Worthy went to North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, so. Texas is where it is, man. I got the I got the thirty five. Did Duke the try to recruit you? Yeah, but I at you that just, time you knew with Coach K, you knew not that, to do that. At that time, Duke wasn't playing like they're playing now. You know what I'm saying? They wasn't like get the best player of the ball. Yeah, yeah, they were running. They were running the system. So you didn't go to Duke because of JJ Reddick. Write that down for no, a quick JJ Reddick was JJ Reddick was Durant a, didn't hate Duke because of JJ. Reddick. JJ was a senior when I was a senior in high school, so I wouldn't have played with him. Yeah, so. Duke and Duke wasn't that good the next the next few years after that, mm-hmm. 2007, 2000. They weren't that they were good. Done. Yeah, they, were done. they just came back around. I think when Kyrie went there. Well, then HB committed to Carolina. Then they won that fluke championship, and then Kyrie came in 2011. They did not win a fluke championship. He hates Duke. Were, don't listen. Don't listen. That, that wasn't fluke, bro. They had a good then team. Brian Zubek started. And they had Kyle Singler and Nolan Smith and Lance Thomas. They had a good team. Lance Thomas. This is he's make, you're never gonna get him to say anything nice about dude. You'll never get him to say anything bad about Lance Thomas. Don't say anything about Lance Thomas. One Lance, of my favorite teammates ever. Oh, Lance, oh, I forgot you played with him. Yes. You like his match. One of my favorite people ever. Yeah. Tate believes that when Duke has a team that's not going well, Coach K comes up with a fake injury to go get away from the team for he's just a hater, That's how man. much he hates Duke. No. Oh, he is a he's a Duke hater. He's a hater. You're a Duke hater. What are you talking about? You're the biggest Duke hater right now. How mad were you? How mad when they win the title? 2015. 15, yeah, yeah. So oh, how about 2015 they won the title and then 2016 y'all lose at the buzzer? How bad were you, how bad you feel? Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop hating on Coach K. That's what happens when you hate on Coach. So he was gonna he was debating whether to go to the Final Four or not. So he's not going to the Final Four game. Did you go he, last he year? Feels like if he goes, he's gonna jinx it. You should have. You, you didn't go last year go. and they lost at the buzzer. You should. Brother His brother went, yeah, so he feels responsible. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm gonna go Monday. He's gonna go Monday if they make it. He has one oh. swing. It. Who they play? Oregon. You guys might win it this year, bro. I think you guys might win it. I like uh, I like South Carolina though. Yeah, I know. I want to be Carolina versus Carolina. South yeah. Carolina has the guy who's very Marcus Smartish. Cinderella Stormwell. He's got some Marcus Smart. I don't think he's Marcus Smart. No, but just like he's just a badass. I like him. He's a badass for sure. I like him. I think he could play in the league. I wish I loved anything as much as he loves the Celtics. Me? <laughs> yeah. Here comes your food. Are we ready? Oh, we should wrap up anyway. Well, how long is this? 84. Oh, we're good. We're good? Yeah, we're good. What is this? Thank you. Uh, fried mozzarella, uh, caprese salad. Yeah, the food's here anyway. Uh, so when are you coming Thanks, back? Chef. We didn't We didn't really 100% talk about that. You want to give? Oh, no. You don't know? No. You don't want to make any news? Nope. Whenever I'm back, I'm back. This is 31st. 30th. 30th. Sorry. So the playoffs start in two weeks. 16th. 16th? Yeah. 15th, 16th. So you think you'll be back for the playoffs? I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully I feel good. You'll be back if if it's a team you want to play? I'll be back when my (laughs) knee gets better. If it's Portland, you're not going to be back because you don't want to play them? I think I'm scared of Portland. That's crazy, Bill. Dave, Dave Lillard? You think I'm scared? They of got you, a, they got all the swing men to throw at you. That's crazy. <laughs> Denver actually, you're more scared of Denver, right? They more you have to guard Gallinari. 
I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared in general. I think I might just call it quits. Maybe you should sit out. Let Iggy yeah. handle it. Yeah. Come in for the finals. Right. Catch and shoot, man. <laughs> Catch and shoot. I uh is there is there any chance I guess it would be Portland or Denver versus Golden State. Yeah. I think that's it. Only two teams that can uh, And then you would play the four or five in round two. Yep. Which could be Utah Which could Clippers, be, Oklahoma City. I think the Clippers are gonna I think Clippers Utah. Clippers Utah. Four or five. I, I went so Oklahoma I saw City's Clippers a half game out, man. Yeah, game. A whole game. We're wrapping this up. Kevin Durant is always a pleasure. Right, so next time we do this with Perkins. Yep. Or we'll you might have in. to come on our podcast with Perk. Oh, I like it. Okay. <laughs> I, I think like that, Bill. That's news. We just. What's we your podcast? I don't know. We can't tell you that. Yeah. What are you talking about? You guys say I'm I'm already out. No, you're, no, in, you're in. You're All our right. guy. We mean okay. Perk and Musburger. all right there you go Kevin Durant thank you good luck with the recovery appreciate it all right that's it for the podcast if you missed uh, the other BS podcast this week we had Steve Nash and we had Chuck Klosterman thanks to SeatGeek thanks to T-Mobile don't forget baseball April 4th you need T-Mobile baseball is starting they're giving away a free year of MLB.TV premium that's an almost $113 value absolutely free and only for T-Mobile customers and with the best part with T-Mobile One, unlimited data means unlimited baseball. Go to T-Mobile, download the T-Mobile Tuesdays app from the App Store, and you get a free year of MLB.TV Premium in the T-Mobile Tuesdays app. Or go to T-Mobile.com backslash MLB. Blackouts and other restrictions apply. See terms of use for details. And also thanks to Sonos for sponsoring today's show. Sonos is a wireless home sound system that fills your home with pulse-pounding sound from streaming services to downloads, including audiobooks and podcasts. Sonos lets you play it all. And with the Sonos app, you can play a different song in every room, adjust the volume, manage other settings straight from your phone. Enjoy all the sounds you love everywhere, anywhere in your home. Just go to Sonos.com to learn more, S-O-N-O-S.com. Thanks so much to Kevin Durant. Thanks for listening. Don't forget about the uh, Mass Man Show with all the WrestleMania content this week. We're in the NFL show and all of our other podcasts. And we'll be back next week on the BS Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.